I want to start today a three-part series entitled God with us. Everybody say God with us. Before we get into that, just a reminder that uh, there's still time to give financially to the families in need that we have nominated. Many of you have nominated families. Some of you needed help this Christmas. want to let you know, uh, as your church family, we want to help you. We've talked about that a few weeks ago, and I believe there's a QR code. Yeah, there we go. That if you want, we have uh, families uh, that are nominated. Now we just want to make sure we have enough money to help them this year. And so our team's going to be wrapping gifts and buying things. And so if you want to be a part of that, do me a favor, take a picture of that. And it's just financial contribution for those of us who want to give to those families. Maybe you're not the family that needs help this year, but you can help somebody this year. Amen, everybody? So we're a giving church, and we believe in helping people. So if you want to be a part of that, you can do that. All right, everybody say God with us. Now, I yesterday began um, working, well, all through the week I was working on it. But yesterday I kind of got in gridlock mode, and, and I switched the entire series yesterday of what, my, what I intended on doing and what me and the pastors, I sometimes I'll call the pastors in and we'll build something together, some ideas, and, and then I'll take it from there. Uh, they did a great job, and then I switched it on them. So if you guys are wanting to hear anything you thought, it's not coming out today. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, I'm gonna do a three-part series. Today I wanna talk about the shepherds. Next week I wanna talk about the seekers. The last week I wanna talk about the sleepers, all right? So we're gonna talk about that. A wife texted her husband on a really cold winter morning and said, windows frozen won't open. The husband Text back, pour warm water over it, and gently tap the edges with a hammer. Five minutes later, the wife texts back, now my laptop won't even turn on. <laughs> Took you a minute. Took you a minute today, that's okay. Luke chapter number two. Luke chapter number two. Verse number eight, very familiar passage. If you've grown up in church, maybe you've heard some of this. My prayer is today you'll hear something you have never heard before. Luke chapter two, verse number eight, and, it, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Somebody say good news. Good news. Of great joy. Everybody say great joy. Great. That will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he has, who he is pleased. From the outset today, allow me a few moments to first and foremost start with the setting. Everybody say the setting. The setting is, is this, that for thousands of years, the, the people are looking for a savior to come. They have read about the coming Messiah in their writings. They have heard about the days that Jesus, their Messiah, not knowing him by name, but knowing that a Messiah was to come. The circumstances surrounding this night were less than 
desirable. The oppressive Roman government was controlling the region. People were forced to travel back to their places of origin to be heavily taxed. Joseph and Mary were poverty stricken. And Jesus was born in a stable that was unsanitary. And the shepherds were working the night shift. Not only has there been a decree for there to be heavy taxes, but we know according to the word of God that that there had been a mandate issued by the government that every boy under the age of two should be killed. To say these were uncertain times or unstable times is saying it lightly. And it was on this seemingly random night, a cool cool evening in the Judean desert near the city of Bethlehem, the unexpected took place to the most unlikely people. So not only do we know the setting, I need to talk to you for a second about the shepherds. Everybody say the shepherds. The shepherds were interesting because it was, it was lowly work. They were basically unskilled. They, they, were not, they did not have a profession. This was a very simple job. In fact, it wasn't uncommon for many shepherds to delegate this work to maybe children because it was that, that simple. And even to this day, there are some who argue, just a side note, that the shepherds that night in the field were not, just, were not necessarily grown men. They could have very well been children. Because, of the, because it was such lowly work, oftentimes they were mostly uneducated, um, especially in the Mosaic law. They were not people known for knowing the scripture or knowing the religious rules. Not only were they uneducated, but they were unreligious because they were not able to keep the Sabbath because of their work. Uh, They were viewed as those who violated religious rituals. According to Judaism, they were oftentimes considered ceremonially unclean, and even some rabbis would ban them. They were unnoticed, in some degree outcast religiously, and uh, they were in one group even called them one step above lepers. In fact, the Bible lets us know that Egyptians hated shepherds. As you can see throughout this explanation, there was an unloving attitude toward the shepherds. Jewish literature teaches that over time, these individuals were considered untrusted, and they were considered unwanted, which all the more reason makes it interesting that the angels would show up to this very unlikely group of unnoticed, untrusted, unreligious, uneducated, uncommon people. So we know the setting, the times are hard. Situations are difficult. There's blood being shed, things are uncomfortable, heavy taxes, people are traveling. We know about the shepherds, but I want to take the remaining of our time, the remainder of our time, and talk about the sermon. Because to these shepherds in a field one random night, the Bible lets us know that the angels appeared to them. And they didn't just show up. They showed up not just in light. They didn't just show up in power. They showed up with a three-point sermon. They showed up with something to say. 
You see, God has been silent for 400 years. And he hasn't said a whole lot up to this point. And now, for the first time, in, in a long time, God is sending a message to humanity. And the angels of God find the audience with a bunch of shepherds. And they said these words in verse 10. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that'll be for all people. For unto you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Point number one from the angelic sermon that day, good news. God has come to earth with a message, and it's good news. For some, it may be old news. You've seen this verse on Christmas cards. You, you've seen this talked about or heard this talked about. Maybe you've, you've seen the nativity scene out in front of a building or even, maybe even growing up you, you heard this verse or you sang the Christmas songs. It's just old news. It don't really mean a lot. For some, it's not good news or old news. For some, it's fake news. It's something they don't believe is true. They, they resist. They push back. They don't believe it. For some, it's not good news or old news or fake news. It's, it's no news. This last week, I was in a public place, and I heard it was in, it was in a uh, coffee shop, and, and when my wife and I were traveling, and I heard a Christmas song, and it was, it was actually glorifying Jesus the entire time. And I'm in this public place, watching people, and the whole time people are gathered together, we're just in this place, and while we're there, the praises of Jesus are going up, and I'm sitting there thinking, do you guys even hear these words right now? It's talking about, I think it was, oh, come let us adore him, playing in a Starbucks. And I'm listening and I'm watching these individuals thinking, do you even know what you're hearing right now? This is good news. And some people hear it and it's just no news. Some people hear it and it's old news. Some people hear it and it's fake news. But the day the angels came down and looked at a congregation of small, possibly children, shepherds, and said, hey, listen, I got good news. You know the word gospel means good news. In fact, the word gospel means too good to be true news. Well, what's the news? He said, a savior has been born. A savior has been born. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. A, a Savior. God sent a Savior because our greatest need <laughs> was to be saved. Our greatest need was not necessarily to, to, to make more money. Our greatest need wasn't to become famous. Our greatest need wasn't health care. Our greatest need, he said, what? Humanity needs is exactly the gift I'm giving this Christmas. 
is a savior. That, that's, that's good news. Romans chapter one, verse 16. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. Can I tell you just as a pastor, uh, there are a few things that get me more excited than when we get to the end of a service, I try to do it at every service, where I give you the opportunity to give your life to Christ. I I'm telling you, if you guys could be on this side of that, and you see it could be one hand, if it's just one hand, it's just like something inside of me gets excited, because I love that song that talks about how hell lost another one. And I just love feeling like in Columbus, Mississippi, one hand goes up, and that could be a life of legacy change. It's not just somebody saying, yeah, I'll do that. No, 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 I believe that, and I can't, I don't know people's hearts, but I'll tell you this, I'll throw the seed and believe God that when, if I preach the gospel, he says, it is the power of God. And so there's something about when you preach the cross and you preach salvation and you see one or two hands go up, I'm telling you, it is worth everything we do all week to see one or two people get saved. It's the best. In fact, that's one of the main reasons our church exists is for people to know God. Paul said, I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed of the good news. He goes, I'm not worried what the world thinks. I don't care what they, what they think of us. This is the greatest news, that God has come to be with man, to save them, to heal them, and to deliver them. That's good news. It's hard to understand sometimes, even for me, as a pastor and a minister, the many times we stand up and preach the word. And when you start to preach salvation and the gospel and Jesus loving people and dying for people, can I tell you, I don't know how to explain it, but there's like a supernatural effect to that. And it's just not words, do you understand? You know, there are three things that if I ever get to preach, there's three things I love to preach. I love to preach the gospel. I love to see people get saved. I love to hear, I love to tell people that they can't get into heaven based on their good words and they can only get in based by the blood of Jesus Christ. I love to watch people get saved. Say, I love to preach on the Holy Spirit. I love to preach on the blood. You preach on those three things. I'm just telling you, it's a little preacher's secret. It always changes the room every time. I can preach on family, I can preach on money, I can preach on this, but when you preach on those three things, three things, it's like heaven comes down and puts his signature on it, and God begins to move, and lives begin to be changed, and it's so supernatural, and I love to see lives change, and in our church, how many of you are thankful that God in this place has seen so many people saved? <laughs> on the uh, second row here, I have some friends from Venezuela. You're from Chattanooga initially, right? Is that where you're from? Okay. Well, why don't you guys just stand up? Let us look at you real quick. Let us look. This is our, it's a missionary family who I know and love. So right now, they keep standing. Quit, settle in. Settle in, relax. They're like, let me get down. Uh, Vominos, I don't know, I don't know. Is that like, was that close? What, did I just curse? <laughs> so, this is Dan Arcee, and, and remind me of your name, I forgot. I'm sorry? Lucy. 
Are you from Chattanooga? I can tell. Where are you from? Venezuela. I love it. And what is your name? Michael. And you just got married. Okay, well, find girls for these two. What about you? Brian? Andrew, how old are you, Andrew? How old are you? All right, ladies. 17, 21. I'm just kidding. They're going to kill me. So we were talking, they're coming through town, they're actually going to, uh, they're gonna be flying back to Venezuela next week, and, and I've known uh, Dan for a long time, and thank God for his ministry. We're talking, and, and they started 24 years ago in Venezuela, and, and, and when they tell the stories of having to stand in line, right, for gasoline, what else you stand in line for? Oh, everything, groceries. Uh, groceries. Paying a bill, everything standing in line. It's a socialist country, right? Yep. Seventeen to thirty days to wait in line to get one tank of gas. Thirty-three days. You guys waited one time to get a tank of gas. A half a tank. And people are wanting that in this nation. Can you believe that? All right. I don't want to get political. I did that last week. You should have been here. I ripped them in half. All right. I left him. I left him on the floor. I walked out. I'm like, Lord bless him, Lord bless him. But this week we've turned a corner. We're back to Jesus, and uh, we're talking. You guys, right now, in 2020, you've purchased a building and property, and it's a cool story. It's amazing. I can't wait to sit and lunch because we just saw each other before service and talked through this. But uh, you were telling me that you've had. Uh, Hundreds of people saved. You have three services right now. You're jamming the building, seeing God. There's so much what God is doing with their ministry. You know what they're doing? You know what they're really doing? Is doing what Jesus said to do. Go and take this good news. Go take this good news to Venezuela and watch lives be changed. And I want to let you know, we're going to partner with you. We're going to help you. We're going to believe God's best with you, and the best days are still to come. None of us want to go to Venezuela, but we support you. Amen, everybody. You can be seated. Lucy, we love Venezuela. We love it. Don't get mad at me. We love it. I'm just glad. I just love America more. Okay, here we go. I'm just kidding. Are you good? Is that okay? Can I move on? Is that Lucy? We good? Don't kill me. Okay, I'm kind of scared of your accent's kind of cool, but it is kind of intimidating. Like, it's good, I kill you. All right, here we go. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter one, verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the good news, and not with clever speech for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. Paul, in essence, was saying that I don't get in the way of the good news. I just let the good news stand on its, on its own. You know, sometimes the reason people reject the good news is because us religious people come out with like extra, extra, read all about it news. And we tell people, you know, Jesus, you need Jesus, but, but you need to read this kind of Bible you need this kind of denomination. You need to dress this way. Uh, you need to talk like, you need to straighten up. And let, let me help you for a moment that people don't need to straighten up before they come to Jesus. Only Jesus can straighten them up once they come to him. 
Is there anybody glad that Jesus straightened you up? Is there anybody God's still straightening up? Come on, point at somebody you know God needs to straighten up more. I'm just kidding, oh my Lord. Hands started going, fingers started flying. Focus over here. Focus on Jesus. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. We don't need to have extra, extra. We just need to tell them the good news. Guess what? A Savior has come. He's come to heal the world, save the world, and to deliver the world. And Paul says when they start to hear that message, it's a supernatural effect begins to take place, and their lives can be forever changed by hearing the power of the good news. Second point of that angelic sermon that day was this, great joy. Great joy. As Christians, there should be a distinctive characteristic in our lives, and that should be joy. It's like the little boy who told his friend that my grandpa has OCD. The little boy looks back and says, oh, he has obsessive compulsive disorder? He says, no, he's just old, cranky, and dangerous. We should be full of, we should have a distinctive nature of joy. Jesus said, I've told you these things that joy will be in you and that your joy will be complete. Paul said the fruit of the Spirit is joy. And can I just stop here for a minute? That's why I really love our church, is, is I understand that church needs to be a place where we respect the Word of God. It's a place of reference. We worship together. We take communion together. I understand that, while at the same time, I believe church should be a place of fun, should be light, should be full of joy. I've heard people, people have told me that you shouldn't be funny when you preach. I'm like, oh, I thought y'all, no, I can't help it. I watch myself say things, and I'm like, stop, stop now, all the time. But, but here's my point. First off, God made me have fun. I like to have fun. I do like to have fun. I think church, I think when we come together and you honor God and, and, you, and you're seeking him and you're in his word, the Bible says that in his presence is fullness of joy. So when we're really honoring God, church don't go, I'm not disrespecting and I'm not trying to be dishonoring. I just think, listen, here's the thing. The world can be looking in and they see us all sour and mm, mm. I, I, I watched this the other day and I don't, wanna, I don't wanna blow smoke on any certain denomination but a pastor had a guy speak at his church. His hair was a little too long. This is a national, this is a national voice. A, a hair just a little too long and he had to put a video out telling them, church, I'm sorry. His hair was just a half inch past his ear I'm telling you, this is the truth. Listen to me. The world is looking in, and if we're like, mm, I love God. I got joy in my heart. <laughs> I'm full of the love of Christ. It's like, whoa. Listen, listen. The world is looking in, and if they see it like that, they're probably like, hey man, I got more fun at the bar on Friday night. At least they can laugh and have a good time when you come to church. I want them to look in here and say, 
what do they got that I don't got? They got something at Vibrant Church. They got something in that house. They're laughing and they got joy and they're praising God and clapping. It's because we got joy unspeakable, unexplainable, and full of the glory of God. Because we got good news. Come on, somebody say amen. Great news, the Savior is here. We have great joy because he's saving. And the third and final point of the angel's closing, here comes the band to play behind the angel. <laughs> point number three, he says, for all people. He says, I bring you good news, a great joy, that will be for all people. Think of this. God picked the most unlikely people to share this sacred message with. Shepherds. If I were a PR agent trying to campaign to get this announcement about the Savior of the world, they would have been the last people I would have went to. I would have gone to influencers. I would have went to the high priest or the chief priest, or I would have went to scribes or Pharisees, or maybe I would have had a, a press release, or I would have sponsored an ad on Facebook. But not God. God's first invitation to meet the Son of God was to shepherds. Listen to me. The first people to see Jesus were the least likely to be noticed by others. Outsiders. Listen, that's just not the story of the shepherds. That's our story. That we were once on the outside. That we were once unlovable. We were once in darkness, and one day God's presence showed up and lit up our field and spoke to us new life and said that there's a Savior and spoke to us and, and stepped into our lives and stepped into our fields and transformed our story forever. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God showed up in my field one day and lit up my life, and lit up my story, and reminded me and showed me who Jesus was. Romans chapter three, verse 22. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone, everyone who believes. No matter who we are. The Christmas story, God with us, is simply this, an invitation to all, the different, the lost, the sick, the lonely, the forgotten, the looked over. Jesus isn't just for good people. Jesus is for all people. And I begin to think about, in closing, this simple thought, thank God for those angels that God sent, used by God, to tell them the miracle of that first Christmas in a stable. Can I say this? I think God wants to use you and me to invite the broken. Maybe God is waiting on you to step into somebody's field and say, have you been to church lately? Have you, have you heard about Jesus? I know this is tough sometimes as Christians, but I read a stat not long ago that 82% of people would come to church if they were asked. All they need is an ask. Everywhere I've gone this week, I've made a, a point to asking people to join us for Eva Eve service. 
I've done it so many times. It's so funny. They're like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> People are so funny. Well, why would I do that? Why would I invite people to church? Is it because I want the room full or? Of course, I love when there's a lot of people here. It's because I want them to know, hey, a savior has been born. I got good news. And they may not want to hear a three-point message in a subway line trying to pick their sandwich out. But I could say, hey, do you go to church anywhere? We got, some, we got some services coming up. Christmas Eve would be, have you ever heard of Vibrant Church? It was like, it's like the story of my, uh, it was like the story of my dad's pastor. He went into a, uh, a grocery store and he was checking out and, and this, this lady was behind the counter and, and she was ringing up his items and he looked at her and he said, uh, do, do, you, do you go to church anywhere? She goes, oh yeah, I go to church. He goes, what church do you go to? She goes, oh, I go, on, I go uh, south of town over the tracks. Well, that was his church. <laughs> and it was a small church. And he's never seen this lady. He goes, really? She goes, yes, I love it. <laughs> he goes, wow, what's the pastor's name? She goes, you know, I, I don't know. He goes, well, what's the worship like? Oh, it's good. How often do you go? Every Sunday. <laughs> and finally he told her who he was and she was embarrassed and ended up coming to the church to my knowledge. My point is take the risk. Invite somebody to hear the good news. As we're going into the Easter season, or excuse me, Christmas season. <laughs> it's been really busy here lately. It was just habit. There's only some people I see Christmas and Easter. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> All right. Every year we ask you around Christmas time to, to, to take one of those uh, ornaments that are out there. We have those trees all around the lobby. And we ask you to take a moment and to write the name of somebody that you want to bring to Christmas services or during the Christmas season, or you're praying for that they'll be saved, or that you're just praying, even if you can't get them here, they don't even gotta live in this city, just write a name down, and we're gonna be praying all month long. We do this every single year, and it's been amazing. As I'll begin to talk to people, and they'll begin to share with me stories of the lives of people who have been changed as a result of us just kind of putting faith on it. It's not a magic trick. We're not just saying like abracadabra, they're gonna be a Christian. No, no, what we're doing, we're just in faith, writing down a name. We're gonna invite them. We're gonna send them a message. We're gonna say, hey, you, you can come sit with me at the four o'clock service. Just, just good news. <laughs> I know you're hurting. I know it's crazy, but I got good news. We hang it up and... Stories like Jason and his wife Marianne, who uh, their names were written on a light bulb a few years ago. We did a thing called, it said, Welcome Home. And, 
And two years ago, and the, the Lord used a rough spot in their lives at the time to draw them all closer to God. I think we have a picture. I'm, I'm not sure which is which here, but, but JC, which one's, does anybody know which one? Oh, here, just stand up, people. Stand, all of you stand up. Look at it. So, which one's JC? Okay, JC. All of you raised your hand. That's kind of confusing. <laughs> Began coming in July to Youth Summit, right? How old are you, JC? 16. And Cadence, where are you? That you? And you've been coming for how long? Six months? I'm glad you both are here. And, and Jason and, and Marianne, your name, somebody wrote your name. Do you, does anybody know who wrote their names? Jill, they're all patting you on the head. Jill Middleton, this is her brother, Jason. And she wrote his name down. And I remember one service, and I don't know if it was one of your, one service I preached on, I think it was, uh, it was uh, uh, the, the hymn series. And I remember you coming down here, and I don't remember what song it was, but you come down here, tears running down your face, and, and it may not seem like much to others, but there's a family sitting here that somebody took the step and believed. Come on, give it up for what God can do. You're seeing a miracle. Seeing a miracle. Thank you, guys. Another, I don't know if they're at this service. I'm not sure what services people come to, but uh, we all just call them PV. Is PV at this service? Probably second. Okay, well, let's shred them at this service. <laughs> Someone wrote his name on the light bulb two years ago. And this would have been actually Jill's kids, uh, John Carver and AK. And, no, not AK. Well, AK probably did it too, right? That's his, his wife. Then McKenzie. And I remember them telling me, I wrote his name on it, and they were all excited about it. Well, he ended up coming to the Christmas services. Did he come? Is that when he came? And he ended up going all in with his faith. He was baptized last November uh, after coming to Easter service. Okay. And his beautiful new bride, Sarah, they just got married and uh, was saved in November of this year. And it's just amazing. I think she signed up to be baptized. Is that what I heard? So, so here's what I'm saying. Look what God can do on the power of an invitation, on the power of prayer. Because look, watch this. After 2,000 years, the good news still works. It still works. Yeah, we got new buildings, but we still got the same news. We may have new, new generation taking over and, and, and just, yes, it's updated. We got cool lights and screen, but guess what? It's the same good old news it's always been. Jesus still saved. Jesus still heals. Jesus still delivers. This Christmas, we may need to be somebody's angel and show them the way. Really quick, in closing, I saw this. I was flying this week, and me and my wife, you know, those, those trains we were in, uh, uh, we were in uh, Arizona, and we sat in this train that was transferring us to our rental car, and I looked up, and I saw this sign. If you would put that picture up for me, guys. Amen. 
please make these seats available for passengers with greatest needs. And I thought about that. We're all in need, aren't we? We all need Jesus. But there may be some people that really need Jesus. Here's what I'm asking. These seats, through our Christmas series, through our Christmas services especially, I want you to do me a favor. Find somebody with some need. And then say, you know what? We got a seat for you. Because the good news still works. C.S. Lewis said, the church exists for nothing else but to draw men to Christ. Christmas is for everyone. Everyone needs the good news and everyone needs great joy. Amen, everybody. With eyes closed all over the room. I want to ask you a question. I ask it every week, but I want to ask you a question. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I want you to do me a favor. I got good news for you. He loves you. He died for you. He rose from the dead for you so that you wouldn't have to die in your sin and spend your life in eternal darkness. That's the story of Christmas, God with us. And if you're in this room today and you say, you know what, I'm ready to surrender my life once and for all. I do this every seven days and I have seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not into the thousands in my life, say yes to Jesus Christ. And I want you to join us and become the family of God. No longer do you need to live in sin and shame and brokenness and pain. No longer do you need to run. Today it's time to run, not stop running away from God. Start running to God. Are you ready? One, two, three. I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand to heaven. I don't care if it's just one today. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. I see several today. Come on, church. People putting their hands in the air to say yes to Jesus. Come on, that's what it's all about. Come on, it's good news. He came to save. Let's all say this prayer together. Say, dear God, forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean with your blood. I surrender my life once and for all. And I receive this good news in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, won't you stand with us all over the room? Now listen close. I want to just pray with you that this Christmas season, that God will use you to be a light. That God will use you to step out at Subway. I keep thinking Subway. Someone's got a, someone's got a work to do at Subway this week. You better go at school this week, with family this week, with friends this week, at the W, right? I want you to take the risk, and I want you to just know, this is not Ethan, this is Jesus. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. And if you, if you can't preach the gospel, invite them to church. Say, you can do both. Tell them about Jesus and say, you can come sit by me. Always offer your seat, by the way. Be, you gotta sit by me. Come sit by me. Come sit by me. Let me give this, every time I'm with Pat Davidson now, someone can, this is so funny. Me and Aaron Lane were laughing about this. Pat, when we go out somewhere, I'll be with Pat somewhere. He'll say, somebody will be there. And uh, he always say, yeah, well, you ought to come see us sometime. He always invites people to church, all the time. I, commend you for that. What's so funny, sometimes we'll be talking to another pastor in town. <laughs> he has no shame. We're like, well, you know, I got to preach at my church. Pat said, well, just come on down to ours sometime. <laughs> Always. He doesn't care. Let me encourage you. Tell somebody to come. And I want you to write out there on those ornaments today, 
people you know who have great needs. Could be your children, could be your grandparents, it could be a coworker. And then when you write those names, write them in prayer and know, I'm gonna invite these people. I'm gonna they may tell you no. They may tell you no twice. Just press, push. This good news is too important. So Father, I pray today over our church family that you have commended us. Let me say it like this. You have commanded us to go out and to preach and reach with the gospel. And so Father, I pray that our, that our churches today commissioned to go out and to bring them and to compel them to come in. And we pray in the name of Jesus that those names are gonna be written on those trees. They will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Maybe they'll come back to you. Maybe they've drifted away from you. Father, we pray that they'll be healed and restored and touched and changed by your power and your presence. Father, use our church to be a light. Use our church in this season to reach the people who are those shepherds in a field away and overlooked and forgotten and broken and I pray in the name of Jesus that you will use us to save the lost to heal the sick through your power use our church as a venue of healing in this region in Jesus name come on if you believe it today give God a big praise come on one more time God's with us good news church God's with us give him praise today just a quick reminder that on your way out we have those giving opportunities for you on, on you can give online you can give at the doors exiting the room and also we always like to give you the opportunity to pray we have our prayer team coming at this point lining across the lining across the front for any needs that you may have you may have some stuff going on in your family, maybe some stuff with your finances. Maybe you're just trying to figure out God's direction for your life. Even you want to pray for somebody who's not here. We want to encourage you. Church is only over if you want it to be over. Amen, everybody. So we want to encourage you to be a part of that if you need prayer today. If you're one of the people that said yes to Jesus, we have some material for you. We want you to come down, make yourself known. We want to bless you and help you along with your journey with God. Do me a favor. Will you raise your right hand all over the room? The Lord bless you keep you. May the Lord uh, make his face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you perfect peace. God bless you, Vibrant Church, and we'll see you next Sunday.